Hello, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Joe Oberly, senior writer at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Joined each week by my co-host, Mark Craig, the uh, eminent, eminent, I don't know if that's the word, uh, uh, writer emeritus, the NFL insider, the the not one of us Cleveland native, uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, the StarTribune.com. Uh, Mark is our connection out to TCO Performance Center, where the Vikings are hard at it at OTAs and producing a little bit of news for us to talk about. Mark, you've been out there the last few weeks. How's it been going? And uh, who, uh, I hear Kirk Cousins is chatting away. Writer emeritus. I hope I'm not. That, that means I'm dead, right? <laughs> Does it? I don't I figure that's. I don't know. Um, dictionary. Do I don't know if we have a dictionary. Between. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's May. It's June now, and so um, can more along. Yeah, I mean, these uh, uh, we're supposed to pump this up, right? It's uh, they're they're practicing, Joe. It's June. It's you know, but uh, no, I mean, Mark, they're getting better. They're, every day. They're, yeah, that there's 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 some talent on this team. It, I mean, it doesn't come through when you're running around in shorts and stuff. But uh, or you know, it, everybody that kind of looks good this time of year. Um, it's uh, it's hard to get excited about it because right now there's no there's not enough. We don't everything they say you kind of take you know you give them the benefit of the doubt and they're mm-hmm. you know they got a plan for Garrett Branbury and they got a plan for you know all these different people that haven't necessarily worked out in recent years there wasn't a um, problem last year they got it all fixed yeah yeah i mean everything has been fixed so we just have to see it you know come to, to for fruition as uh, as uh, leslie used to say <laughs> um uh so yeah so what was your question joe i got stuck on the emeritus part oh okay well uh i'll, I'll uh, scratch that one from my my lexicon there's another big word uh Kirk Cousins spoke last week, uh, came out and chatted about things, and I thought it was some. You know, you sent me a, a bit of the transcript from the from the from the presser, and you know, as usual, Kirk. Well, Kirk is, uh, as I said in my intro to this piece, he's the uh, he's very good at uh, saying a lot of words and not really, you know, saying too much to chew on. But he, he's 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 very astute at that, and and. But he said a few things interesting. He said, you know, that taking on this new offense yet again in his career, it's a five or sixth new offense I think he's had in the last six years. I don't know. And uh, uh, he said that he was, it was a lot of work and he was like doing flashcards to get it all committed to memory. And it was like he was an eighth grader uh, uh, cramming for a test. Well, you know, if, if you look at his past history, he should be good at this by now. I mean, with a new offensive coordinator he is this year and slightly different uh, offense, he said that uh, um, he was cramming. And, and you know, same point, he, he also said that it's not that, uh, you know, ba- there's some basic things that go throughout the league. And, you know, so uh, he's saying it's hard. And at the same time, he said it shouldn't be that hard because we should, you know, there's some things you don't have to pick up that much. I don't know. It, it's uh Kirk talking circles around the media, Mark, and I'm sure your head is still spinning, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Kirk, um, uh, maybe more so before COVID, I, I thought Kirk really try, I, I think he still tries to answer, but he's tries a little less. I think uh, I'm not talking about what he's talking about in this regard, but 
Um, there was, you know, early when he first came here, you would ask him a question about protection or something. He might have let a little too much out, um, was, was, was kind of viewed as like throwing people under the bus. And I always hated that when people would say that, because especially if you're in the media saying that, because you're asking a question, you're asking for a little bit of insight. And if they happen to say what, how, what, it, what actually happened, uh, then it's you're throwing someone under the bus. Uh, but then I think when COVID happened, there was so much kind of against him. Uh, the public was against him. I, I believe the media in general was kind of against uh, against his stance and everything. And I think he, he sort of kind of shut it down a little bit last year. You didn't see, you kind of saw a guy that was a little more subdued uh, when he was, you know, in front of the media. Now this past week, um, you get the sense that uh, he didn't come out. I, I sort of laughed and was, you know, we had to kind of call BS is when he was asked about the difference. Is there any difference between now and with, with uh, you know, O'Connell and Zimmer? And Zero. he said, oh, there's, None. there's more similarities than differences. Ah. I, I, I kind of you know, chuckled at that. Um, but it sounds like, you know, him saying uh, a lot of it's kind of the canned stuff you always hear. But for him to say uh, it's kind of fun, uh, again, sort of told a little bit about um, this is going to be a more, a more fun atmosphere for him. Whether it's successful or not, we don't know. But I think there's more of a an understanding of like trying to work with Kirk as opposed to uh, here's what we're going to do and you better do this and, and kind of more regimented. But, you know, Kirk's more of a regimented guy. So I, it'd be interesting to see if all of this give and take and this collaboration that they keep and this culture that they keep, you know, drum beating uh, is going to actually mean anything, you know, and because they're happy now, but if they start 0-3 or 0-4, it doesn't matter who the coach is. You know, no, you know, no one's going to get fired this year, but if they start out, the happiness, the kumbaya is not going to be around. So will be happiness. It's just the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It, it, you know, you say culture and you, you say kumbaya and what have you, but I, I suspect it probably is good for him because Kirk is – always a positive guy. He's got the big smile. He's got, you know, when, when he came from Washington, they all talked about this perfect couple and this perfect family and, you know, the, the, you know, everything going great for him. And he, he seems to probably thrive in that environment. He's a very positive guy. He's a very religious guy. He's, you know, looking at the good side of life and maybe Zimmer, you know, Zimmer's, you know, cantankerous, you know, and in, in a good way. I mean, that's who Zim was. He's a little bit cranky, a little bit, you know, uh, he was a grinder, you know, and he, he, uh, might not have had the, the just joyous atmosphere around TCO or winter park that, uh, Kirk could have thrived in. So, so maybe this is at least right now, like you say, before the game start, uh, the perfect place for him to be happy and him to, to, to want to dive in and crank on those flashcards and study like an eighth grader and just, you know, uh, to, to really learn the offense, you, you know, and, and I, you like hearing that, that he wants to know the offense so that when, when you're out there, you don't have to make any decisions. I don't know. It, for me, it, it, it kind of displays the difference between him and uh, uh, he said something about, there's still a lot of tension and even tension in practice, Mark, one of the quotes you sent me. And I thought to myself, good Lord, man. I mean, you're like eight, nine years in the league and you're still tense. 11. I mean, I, when I see the face of Aaron Rodgers out there, I see a guy that that uh, is so comfortable, unless you throw him a wrinkle like Zimmer would, he's so comfortable just, you know, playing the game that, you know, 
it is all great to him. And and Kirk is the other kind of guy. He's 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 got that uh, little bit of freak out on his face sometimes when when uh, when the rush is coming and he's got to get rid of the ball. I don't know. It's a different personality. Anyway. Well, I think that he, he's what seven years now. It's been seven different offensive coordinators uh, in a row. <clears throat> you know, two of those guys got head coaching jobs, so it's not like there was always a problem with Zimmer and his offensive coordinator. And well, another one of those guys retired. Gary Kubiak had had enough of the COVID and all that year, uh, and decided to you know, unlike a lot of these guys, he wanted to go ahead, you know, relax and retire again. Um, so yeah, I think the tension he's talking about is like learning the new system, learning wanting to get better. And um, so, yeah, I like, like Aaron Rodgers doesn't even show, I don't think he even comes to this, even though he got the big you know, <laughs> yeah. extension, he, he doesn't come to this OT. I think he's going to be there for their, for their mini, for their mandatory mini camp, but he's not there for this. Um, uh, of course, you know, he's, there's a lot more continuity uh, throughout Aaron Rodgers in that Green Bay uh, career, as opposed to Kirk. Now, <clears throat> having said that, Kirk has played a role you know, he's not the only reason, but he's played a role in, you know, Jay Gruden not keeping his job, Mike Zimmer not keeping his job. Um, now, there's no where, – where the relief, I think, comes and where the, the fresh start comes is, is, is not so much how they look at the different – you know, look at the world differently. And Kirk is, uh, you know, trying to present the Ken Doll image and, and Zimmer is more of the, you know, Oscar the Grouch image and – um, I think it has to do with offense, defense. Um, Zimmer last year, obviously, the pressure. He, I mean, Zimmer, Kirk wasn't going to go anywhere, or if he was going to go somewhere, he was going to still take his money and play somewhere else. The pressure last year was on Mike Zimmer, and whenever it it got to where Mike Zimmer, the noose was tightening, Mike Zimmer was not, you know, is this happy-go-lucky guy that Kevin O'Connell is, and. Um, but this is a new regime. They got it. They got. A, they have. There's a honeymoon period. He's an offensive guy. He played the position, uh, not as well as Kirk, but he played the position. He understands it. He's. That's his. Uh, everything about him is bent that way toward alongside Kirk. So yeah, yeah this put is a gonna... lot of pressure on him, Mark. Doesn't that put a lot of pressure on Kirk? Because now everything's there for you. A little bit more improved <laughs> offensive line. You still got the the. Uh, uh, weapons out there you're going to get one of your weapons back in Irv Smith you got the coach the offensive minded coach who's who's going to listen to you who's going to uh uh make everything nice and hunky-dory for you isn't that you know if, if if the offense fails this year don't we have to look at number eight a little bit more than perhaps well yeah but by this you know this <laughs> the, the mastery of you know someone had said it uh I don't know somewhere along the line someone said the Kirk's pen that he signed all these contracts should go in the Hall of Fame because of, you know, he's, he's, and it's, you know, uh, he was the first guy to get a multi year uh, guaranteed contract. He's the first guy in, in NFL history to get that. Uh, and he's continued to, I mean, what he's done and uh, he's taken gambles on himself and to, to stay healthy, which he has. He's an amazing durability and, uh, you know, putting up numbers and which he's managed to do. Um, the big question mark, the thing that needs to be done now is can he lead a team? Can he lead a team that's maybe has some injuries and has some things they have to overcome? Can he be the guy that makes everyone around him better and covers up some injuries and covers up some mistakes and, you know, carries consistently a team? That has not happened. And he's going into year 11, and now he's got 
probably the best situation that he's he's ever had. And I don't know if pressure is the right word. Uh, you know, the guy has he's got he's had guaranteed money for however many years. Um, but I think I do think that it succeeding is important to him. There's not it's, he's not a lazy guy that's going to mail it in. Right. Um, if anything, his problem, as I see it. It, over the years has been, he's been too uh, regimented, too stuck in his own mind as far as perfection, as opposed to, um, I don't want to say, was it great as uh, perfection is the enemy of great, whatever it is, uh, whatever cliche, cliches out there, Joe, is that he, maybe he's, he's always been a little too process oriented, a little too, not you know, I've got point. to know, I've got to know everything and, and not having a feel to, to the yeah. position. It's hard for me to sit here and blather on about it. Cause I don't haven't played that position. I haven't played that level, but as I observe it, having observed a lot of people uh, in this game is that that's, I see him as trying sometimes too hard as opposed to letting it happen. Do you think that with this new regime and, and how comfortable he so far feels in it and how happy he is, uh, do you think that can change things for this offense and for this team that he can be that leader that you said he's got to be? Because now he's got a direct pipeline to the head coach. The head coach is not going to shut him out. He's not going to not talk to him for a month. He's not going to sit down and crank, not sit down and have film <laughs> sessions with him. I'm sure that they will spend a lot of time together figuring out, is that the missing piece that can help Kirk get to that, what you said, he, the only thing he's missing, not only winning, but just leading a team to those wins and then maybe a deep run in the playoffs. I, I suppose it, it can't hurt, you know, but, you know, I, I see, I guess I look at it more of like, is he going to be protected? And is he going to, uh, I, I think that they, they, they'll probably come to some, uh, they where this relationship might benefit him best is that there might be more of a, um, understanding or a commitment to what Kirk does best uh, as opposed to, Hey, let's, what we're doing, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this, this, and this, and Kirk's got to make sure he does that. Um, now some, there's also been a school of thought on the other side that sometimes Kirk, you know, maybe hid behind some of that stuff, like maybe the Cowboys game, uh, you know, they, they have a backup quarterback and Kirk, you know, the, the feeling by some was that maybe Kirk was like, hey, all I had to do was not throw an interception, not turn the ball over, and we're going to win that game. Well, if you look back at that game, that was one of Kirk's – was a horrible game. Yeah. Uh, playing Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback, uh, at home, prime time, and they lose. And Kirk, you know, was kind of one of those where he was just in this shell of like, I just don't want to – I, I want to get through this game without doing anything wrong. And it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to lead them to victory. And that's where I think people are saying is like, can he be that leader? Can he, you know, uh, it's part of it's, it's like you have it or you don't have it, you know, and some of this he doesn't have, but certainly um, you can win with him. It's, it's just always been, can't, you know, can he, you know, whenever your left tackle goes down or your, your couple games every year we're, there are a couple, you know, two, three games without Dalvin Cook. Seemingly always that when Dalvin Cook is like, you know, hey, could he be an MVP in the league or could he be all pro? Uh, and then it's like, yeah, he gets dinged up and then he's, dis he's, he's out for a couple of games. Now that's understandable, I guess, with the running back position. But 
Kirk's got to be that guy that's there every week making people better. You know, maybe pressure is the wrong word. I mean, because when you when you go, you look at the two biggest, uh, most contentious uh, battles in society right now, it's the right and left politically in this country and Kirk and not Kirk in this country. So right. uh, pr- pressure might be the wrong word, but I say given everything that I think so far looks like it's going to be set up for him and he stays healthy, we are going to know. We are going to know who Kirk is after this season. We're going to find out if he can lead the guys to to uh, greater heights, if he can make them better, if he can lift them up and make them better than they are. Um, that's you know that's what you've always seen over the border in Green Bay. You know, no matter who they throw up out, out there with Rodgers, he's still going to put points on the board. He's still going to win ball games, and they're still going to win the division, and they're still going to go and maybe make it to the NFC yeah. title game. Yeah, love to see Kirk do that. Right, and I guess in a, in a in a in a perfect world where you weren't looking at salary caps and you weren't look, looking at salary, uh, it's completely unfair to be judging Kirk, but ju- judge him alongside Aaron Rodgers. There, uh, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best that's ever played the game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sees and processes and um, plays the game at a at a level that Kirk doesn't play at, and Kirk can't play at. But that's not a knock on Kirk. That's just who Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, but when you start looking at, you know, I mean, Kirk is more against the, the Vikings cap than Aaron Rodgers is against uh, the Packers cap. So, you know, they, they, they need the. Uh, there were times last year I remember we were saying, you know, that, hey, that's what they're paying him for. And that's and you talk about Kirk being a, a split in the, down the middle, sort of like the, the country is. Mm-hmm. Those are whenever you got the people that did hated Kirk email and tech or you know, not texting thank god uh emailing and all you know just ripping you a new one oh you're you know, you're a kirk you're one of those kirk apologists blah, blah, blah. and then kirk would have you know some crappy games like cowboys or uh these different games where he disappeared and you're and you'd be like hey this is where they need the guy that make that's making all this money and then you'd get all the people that love kirk saying oh come on it's you know it's his it's the line it's the it's the defense it's you know so yeah, I mean, it's like Kirk is like this, and the people that cover him and and and, and uh, that aren't don't have an agenda, we follow along like that. So you get get pot shots from both sides. So uh, yeah, he needs. To, well, you know, this is a guy in his thirty, early thirties, year eleven, and we're still talking about potential and where. You know, this is the year where we think we're going to find out. Um, certainly, it certainly seems like it because. Uh, but the way that his contract is, you know, they think they, they, they kick this can another year down the road with him mm-hmm. and other guys. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, it's a good problem to have. You make the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl, then you just write Kirk a check and you keep him around. But if they don't do that, then it's, you know, we're, we're, they're right back at, hey, what do we do with Kirk? Do we extend him and get his cap number down? You know, and that's been like that for in his career going back to the last two, two years in Washington. So it's amazing what he's been, how he's been able to maximize himself based on hit, you know, staying healthy and putting up good stats. Just not good enough to make that an easy decision each year, each year it's going to be contentious, you know, then again, Rogers is, you know, his play makes it easy, but his brains make it more difficult the way he likes to, you know, 
mess around with his. Well, yeah, you you put you know you you put up with more whenever you when you get more. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, at one point they were you know okay, hey, uh, we got Jordan Love. You know, we're gonna we're gonna Jordan Love's the future. Well, now Jordan Love, who knows what Jordan Love isn't the future? Jordan Love just contracts and he run out by the time. So he forced them to you know by winning one MVP. You know, it's like well, yeah, you know, if he went. Uh, He'll be he played this year and then he's done. Well, he won MVP. And I was like, well, okay, well, now he's done after this year. Well, he wins MVP again. And they keep putting up 13 wins. They keep, you know, doing what they're doing. Um, to the point where and this is the uh, Rogers, you know, probably should I think it was Terry Bradshaw that hit 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 the nail on the head. Was so why is he worried about Jordan Love? You know, that but that's Rogers. There is a yeah. certain insecurity inside his head, is what what I perceive. Um, just from the times we've asked questions to him, and if it's not, you don't approach Aaron Rodgers with the, you know, with, you know, with a knee bowed and your head down, and oh, here's some, here's my question, Mister Rodgers. He, you know, kind of takes offense to it. And maybe that's what makes him a great player. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want he doesn't want to see happen to him what happened to uh, Favre because he was on the other side of it. I don't know. Maybe he. Oh, it, you would have thought that he'd have more understanding of that, but. You, hey, he, you know, bottom line is he out. He just kept playing great, playing great, playing great. He got the, the record deal, yeah. and, and he just, now the Packers. The Packers have a piece that uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Jordan Love. Maybe they do keep him. I, if I'm Jordan Love, I'd be like, hey, but when do I get to start my career? You know, I think we need. Uh, speaking of politics, I think we need Liz Cheney to look at this. She spent some time in in Washington with Kirk Cousins. Maybe she can tell us if he's the man or not. Huh? I don't know. Maybe not. Well, on that note, before I meet Mark even tries to answer that one, I will take a break here and we'll come back and we'll talk about the news of the uh, the week with the Vikings and uh, uh, be back on Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown uh, with myself and Mark Craig. Mark, uh, you know, quiet lake up, or quiet week up in Lake Wobegon, uh, known as TCO park but a few things happened there uh uh the vikings brought in this new regime brought brought in an old viking played for him last year dd westbrook uh wide receiver for, for a workout this week haven't heard anything about it i know there were some other teams interested in him but after that happened then came the news that they signed albert wilson uh, uh another receiver uh veteran receivers but not real veteran but he's been around a few years I don't know a heck of a lot about him, but I know that you you took a look at him, Mark. What did you think about those moves and uh, uh, bringing in Wilson? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a veteran guy. He's, um, it can't hurt. Um, you know he 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 returned kicks, uh, punts, and kicks and not not in the NFL, but in uh, in college at Georgia State. So I, I'm kind of thinking they're mm. they're looking at that punt return job. <clears throat> I don't know for sure if that's what he, you know, he's in for, but. Even if he's not, if he's just as another addition to their receiving, he's he's one of these guys. It's uh, I kind of hate to say this because you, when you look at the highlights, it's uh, and I'm not comparing him to Tyreek Hill. He's let's, let's say he's an extremely extremely poor man's Ty, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> he's got that 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 you know I don't know how tall he is five eight five seven five nine. Uh, he's got that jitterbug uh, slot receiver look. He's quick. Uh, but no, nobody's quick as quick or as fast as Tyree Kill. But he he he, remind, he looks like that a little bit. Uh, but he's never had big numbers. He's never you know, he's got he's got looked like really good skills. And but he's never put up big numbers or uh, great seasons. Um, 
But it, for someone that's on the, was on the street or available at this point, June 1st or May 31st, um, it's an interesting signing, I think. And they, I think they got him really cheap. And um, he has the ability to return punts and maybe be that that third, fourth, or you know, fourth receiver. You know, uh, you know, I like that they're adding a, they're adding some interesting pieces to the receiver you know, core because um, I think they need that to be good. You know, because of of how that position is changing so much. I mean, obviously he's not he's not going to be your number one guy, but you know, they need uh, they need depth there. And then this guy looks like he's uh, an intriguing piece. Didn't they? Didn't Kirk come out and say something about BC Johnson about how he expects a lot out of him this year, and uh, you know he's he's looking for him to make a comeback or something like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, not that he does, not that he doesn't mean it, you know. But I mean, you're, he's asked that at a podium. I, I would be interested. To say, I don't know if it's ever happened that they've ever asked a guy and they said, "Oh, <laughs> he's the laziest guy on the team, Joe." Uh, you know, there's no way in the world this guy's ever going to make it. Um, not that not that BC is that. I'm just. Yeah. It's funny, like when someone says, um, and, and that's why I like a lot of times when I ask questions at a podium, you don't insert the name or you don't lead him because they they'll go wherever you, you know, um, yeah. they'll pretty much go wherever you want them to take them. You know, if it's in a, it's if it's in a setting like that. So, um, yeah, I mean BC was one of those guys. It was a surprise. He was kind of KJ before KJ, uh, maybe not to the degree that KJ was last year. I agree. I, I think agree. I, was, I think I was more impressed with it, what KJ did, um, especially like early, maybe his first game where he had that fourth down catch of fourth and six, and Kirk didn't have the best throw in the world, and and it was under pressure, and he dove and made this great catch, and then he kind of kept. I don't know. It doesn't really matter what his wild, and they want to talk about him, and they yeah. think he's the next. The next uh, Randy J- uh, Moss, you know, I mean, as soon as that, yeah, happens. like a KJ Osborne or a BC, it doesn't matter what their numbers are because they're not, they're not going to have numbers that when you stand back and at the end of the season go, wow, you know, 30 catches for 400 yards and two to three touchdowns where, where the guy like that comes into play is whenever it's late in the game and um, you know, uh, Jefferson's covered and Thielen's covered and, you know, if you play in a really good team that can cover both those guys, and then you see a KJ Osborne open for that touchdown in Carolina uh, in overtime to end the game, that's where the, the guy like KJ or BC or um, this Albert, um, that's where they come in. I think is uh, you know they're not going to be the the Justin Jefferson numbers or the Thielen touchdown red zone numbers. They're the guy that's hey. When they're saying, "Hey, we're we're not going to let Jefferson beat us. We're not going to let Thielen beat us. Who's that third guy? That fourth guy, maybe that's going to be the guy that did make a great catch." What about Smith Marset? You see anything a possibility that you know? I mean, they're they're bringing in more receivers, so uh, they must not be set with their depth yet. Obviously, uh, you see anything from him that he could? I mean, he he made he had a, a couple flat minor flashes last year, but not not a whole lot, huh? Yeah, Biner. I'd say that when you see more guys come in like that, it's probably not. It's a, it's a good indicator that he's probably they don't view him probably the way that the previous regime did. Um, but they'll let it play out. You know, it's if he, if he has a great preseason. But at this point, I would say that he's probably not as high on the list. I mean, they'll say something differently if you were to ask him. Um, but you know, actions speak louder than words you know, in situations like that. 
I suppose uh, he, he, he did look like a decent, he had some decent kickoff returns, uh, but nothing, you know, jumped off the charts. That's really important for a, <clears throat> a wide receiver or even a running back to, to have that, that uh, multiple skill set. I mean, I, I get so frustrated with, you know, you always every year trying to get 53 guys on the roster and it's always so hard to, to, to do because, you know, you, you, you got to get depth on it. And, uh, uh, my, my frustration is they have to, they can't just get one guy that can return both kickers, both kicks, punts and, you know, uh, kickoffs. It, it's a different skill set. I mean, uh, why can't Nwangu sit back there and catch, uh, catch kickoffs and, or no, he does catch kickoffs. Why can't he kick, kick return punts? You know, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. You old guys, you, <clears throat> you don't understand the NFL specialization, Joe. Come on. <clears throat> What do you want him to go both ways now? Yes, God dang. <laughs> then we could get all kinds of good guys on the team. You know, you wouldn't yeah. sour crap and get in the way. Anyway, um, you you would think, I mean, did did Cordero Patterson do both when he was there? <clears throat> no, he didn't return punts. Okay. And oh, I suppose Marcus Shirell <clears throat> did. And Marcus Shirell's didn't do so well in kickoffs or vice versa. I can't remember, but well, yeah, Marcus uh, he he returned some kickoffs, so he could do it, but he was I mean, probably the most – he's the best kick – he's the best punt returner in team history, but he's the most understated. I think they're finding out now just how good he was because, yeah. you know, he he would, you know, sneaky. I think he had five or six touchdowns. Uh, and he, and he always know. made the first guy <clears throat> every time. Yeah, he was – he was uh, all-around special teams player. There was one year with my AP vote, um, the special teams player, which is uh, – it's not the returner. It's not uh, obviously not kicking and punting. It's that third set. It's just called a special teams guy. Uh, I think it's a Slater guy from New England would win it every year. Um, there was one year I voted for Marcus Shirelles because he was a, yeah, uh, he was a gunner. He was he just he was on all special teams. Not you know I think that was a year where he was returning kicks and punts. Um, just an outstanding special teams player and the quietest player that I've ever yeah. tried to talk to and tried to get him. And it wasn't in a, in a, uh, it wasn't in a Trey Wayne's way. It was right. in a, I'm just this really, really quiet guy. Right. And I don't want to talk about myself. Uh, polite, nice, but just had nothing to say. He would, he would, uh, he would stand there and do it. If, 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 he, if, if there was news on him during the week and he, yeah. Would, do it but he you could tell he wasn't enjoying it he, he but he wasn't a jerk about it either so no, no. i agree with that so, uh <clears throat> maybe someone who could have been well, i don't want to say that uh chris thomason from the st paul pioneer press who likes to uh <clears throat> make those calls to to players families and such and friends and get the quotes we came up with one this week from kellen mon's dad third string quarterback kellen mon who was a rookie last year and didn't didn't apparently get out of Mike Zimmer. <clears throat> According to uh, Kellen Mond's dad, <clears throat> when when uh, Kellen was drafted in the third round, it was did not make Zimmer happy, so he went into the doghouse. And then when he got COVID and not having taken the shot, I believe, uh, that made it even worse So uh, for Zimmer. And Zimmer was uh, really kind of unhappy about that. And then it came to that last game of the year when Zimmer – when uh, everybody thought that Mon would finally get a chance to get on the field, and Zimmer made that famous quote that said, "I don't need to see him; I see him in practice every day." 
So uh, Kellen Mond's dad said that was uh, that was Zimmer's way of striking back <coughs> Rick Spielman, who made that third round pick when Zim probably would have liked a, de- a defender for his flagging defense from last year. So Mark, well, maybe, maybe Rick on that comment. Yeah. Uh, so I know it's June, June 1st, where, when uh, the words, according to Kellen Mond's dad, um, are, are being said. So um, who says there's a slow day in the NFL? Um, mm-hmm. There isn't a slow day in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I would say, uh, yeah, yeah, Zimmer didn't want him. I, I, I would guarantee you that Zimmer didn't want him. Zimmer looked at this as his, his – his, Zimmer wasn't looking for the future. Zimmer was in a position where – I know. I know. At the end, he kind of acted surprised when I asked him uh, in a, in a podium. I should have just asked him off to the side, but asked him in a podium, said him about his, you know, coaching for your job, and he was like, and he kind of went, uh, "Am I coaching for my job or a hot seat?" I said, "You're on the hot seat." Yeah, I remember. And he that. says, hey, "Am I on the hot seat?" And I say, "Yeah, rumor has it," and you know, uh, I don't think he was happy about that, but he did know. He he felt the pressure. He knew he had to win. It was a big year, and he's drafting a guy that's not going to play. Uh, they get Kirk. He's not gonna. He's not gonna beat out Kirk. He's not gonna be experienced enough to be your trusted number two. It's a wasted pick in, in Zimmer's career. Uh, and as, as as it turns out, it's a wasted pick in, in, in Rick Spielman's. Rick Spielman might want a, a mulligan on that to try and. He was looking uh, to the future, yeah, and he yeah, was so the future. Uh, so that you know, okay, if you want to say he's in the doghouse, whatever. Um, you know, Zimmer's a defensive guy. He, you know. It probably would have been better for Kellen Mond if Gary Kubiak was there to kind of nurture him and every, as opposed to Clint, who's trying to figure things out of you know, his own things out. Um, so Zimmer's not going to be that cuddly, you know, offensive guy that's going to nurture the third string quarterback when he's trying to save his job. Um, well, but what, yeah. what but I would say, what, what if, if there's if there's a doghouse involved <clears throat> when we got to the preseason games. And uh, Kellen Mond looked like he was about, you know, Kellen Mond was the set, you know, all the old school watchers. Kevin Mond is the 78. He's moving at the 78 speed (laughs) and the rest of the team is moving at 45. Uh, He just, he looked overwhelmed. He looked slow. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing. And that's in the preseason. And that's in training camp. And um, not to say that this guy won't be a, become a good player, but, there, he was of no use. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward to the end. Uh, you know, I've said this a few times about the, what was going on. And, um, you know, Kirk Cousins getting COVID and, and not being there for Green Bay is the kill shot, ironically, that takes Zimmer. Zimmer's out. Zimmer knows that he's done. I, I had to have known he's done. Um, and now you're asked about it. You're going to see Kellum on the next week. Two things. One, you know, uh, I don't blame Zimmer for, you know, you know, Zimmer's still trying to win games. You know, uh, you could say that, uh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it would matter to me if I was my last game and you're putting together, uh, you're trying to win because you know, they are paid to win no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kirk Cousins, you know, I guess, I mean, maybe I'd be in the same boat. I'd be like, you know, I'll be damned if I'm going to let this guy stay wherever he was or take off and, and enjoy his last week and, not have to play, and you know, we're going to try and win. They then they did win that game. They did win the last game, right? Zimmer, yeah, at home. So did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 won the last game at home. Uh, so against the Bears, you know, uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, if you're uh, if you're Kellamon's dad and uh, you think there's a, a conspiracy to get your kid, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but it's a professional league, and this guy was not ready to help him, and he didn't participate because he wasn't ready. Now, I do will, I will say that you know, I defended Zimmer a little bit there, but I will say that this guy is going to be in much better hands where he's at now with this uh, regime that's a and, and you know we'll, offensive offensive oriented and b they're 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 not like you know got their someone pinned up against the wall like you, you got to win or you're going to be fired. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. You know, Mark, I hate to do this to you, but you called me old earlier, so I'm going to tell you the advantage of it. I think you got that. Uh, metaphor wrong i i was old enough that my mom had 78 and four and we had 45s when i was growing up i think the 78 goes around faster because it's 78 rpms i think or i believe now i could be wrong on that but i thought that thing was really whipping around the 45s are slower and the 33 and a third are even slower i think that's how that oh but wow so 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 i'm, I'm like i messed I, i'm trying to pretend like being an old guy and i wasn't old enough Exactly. Um, but what the little the little inserts that you put on the the singles that, that, yeah. that was a forty five, right? Correct. Those Correct. were moving. Yeah, I thought those would have been moving faster. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, this is what I give I'll, someone will give. I'll us say this: Kellen Mond was moving much slower than everyone else. Yes, your point was was made regardless. <laughs> I'm. I just had to get you back for calling me old because I'm only a little older. Anyway. Uh, some bad news out of TCO and the, the well, not necessarily out of there, but uh, in the NFL with uh, the passing of Jeff Gladney, a former cornerback from the from the Vikings that uh, Zimmer drafted a couple of years ago, and he uh, well, he he had some trouble off the field, had a a, a lawsuit over uh, I think an assault with his girlfriend, and then he was exonerated. And by that time, the Vikings had already cut him, and he got picked up by the Cardinals. Well, this the other day, uh, he got in a car accident, and him and his girlfriend uh, both passed away. And it's a sad deal, and I just wanted to mention it um, because the, the guy had promise here before before uh, things kind of spiraled away for him. And uh, it's too bad to it's too bad for him and his family uh, to where things have gone now. So I just want to throw that out there, offer our condolences, and and uh, let people know about that. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it was one of the you know, sadder kind of unfoldings because uh, he was a guy that uh, he had to start. I mean, I think he started every game yep. his rookie year or only missed one or whatever it was. So that was a year when, you know, you had, you had COVID, so you didn't have an offseason. Um, it was just the perfect storm for, uh, for Zimmer uh, uh, and that – 2020 team because um, they had to get rid of all their their corner top three corners all left Xavier Rhodes uh, Trey Waynes um, Mackenzie Alexander left the first time and then you you know Zimmer they brought in these rookies and Gladney was you know they drafted Gladney as because he's a corner over Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, played sa- you know, safety too right Dantzler as well they took and they took Dantzler in the third round so. And those guys started and then they had to ride with these guys. And it was, they were, you know, they didn't have an off season like you would normally have. Um, and then there's no crowd, there's no home crowd. So it was just a bad, bad situation for those guys to have to play in. 
And then, then all the pass rushers got hurt uh, and didn't play. So it was, it was a bad year. So you still sort of felt bad for, you know, that's how the start that he had, although, you know, there was some a promising, there was a lot of promise in his rookie year. Yeah. And then, he, and then he has this situation uh, where the, the Vikings let him go after the grand jury indicts him. He find, he later gets found innocent of those charges and that's how he ends up in Arizona and then you see this, and it's just one of those where you see a little too much of this, and I don't know the details of it, um, but you see it, and it's just it breaks your heart because, you know, they're these are now younger than my my kids, you know, yeah. so you just look at it as almost like it is a parent now, and you just see, uh, you know, it's another one that's you're talking, you know, minimum fifty years that he doesn't get to live, so run way too. That's yeah, a shame. It has nothing to do with nothing to do with football, and I don't know the details of what all happened. Yeah, uh, but just one of those sad. It's also sad from a standpoint that you know that with because of COVID, and we still haven't come out to where you know he's a guy that we never saw in person. We never like talked wow. to him in person because it was you know he he, he wasn't a great interview. He wasn't a real talkative guy, but they put him out there quite a bit um, for to talk to us. Um, so you never saw him other than Zoom. It's kind of sad. It's it's too bad he gets gets past the one issue that he had that that where he you know he lost a year with with the Vikings you know and and uh, his career got put on got waylaid and you you were kind of hoping okay he, he was found innocent you know okay this guy can retrench and get out it felt some regret that it wasn't here in Minnesota because he did show some signs um, but you hoped for the best for him and so it's it's sad. It's just sad news. I'm sorry to have to talk about it and report it, but um, on that note, we'll uh, take another quick break here at the Vikings territory breakdown podcast. And uh, we'll be back with uh, some more uh, news and notes in a bit. Welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown podcast with myself and Mark Craig, Mark, a uh, uh, couple other folks talked this week or there's news from them is Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator uh, spoke to the media and he talked a little bit about, uh, he was asked about calling plays once again, something he did with, uh, uh, you know, in the past. And then he worked with Vic Fangio after that, who called all his own plays and he, he made the quote, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, you know, somebody was asked, what, what's it been like seeing everything, everyone adopt the schemes that you and Vic ran? He says, that's really a compliment. Vic and I came together 12 years ago. We melded our systems. So my question to you is, with as closely knit as those two defensives are, and there was talk at a time when the Vikings were going to try to sign Mick Fangio, uh, did they get him without even having to sign him? Is is that what uh, are him and Ed Donatello the same defense, or or what do you think there? Well, you know, uh, Ed said it was like riding a bicycle. So, uh, and I like Ed. Ed. Ed's a fireball. It's like the way he, he looks and acts. Um, you know, he's sixty five, but he, he looks like he's fifty. You know, and kind of acts younger. Um, he said it's like riding a bicycle. He hasn't ridden that bicycle in twenty years, uh, or <laughs> Are close, damn close to twenty years. Uh, hasn't called play since the Packers and uh, uh, Falcons. So in the early, uh, early to mid two thousands. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, Vic. You know, Vic went down there, and uh, the head coach that uh, got coach of the year it was basically uh, uh, drawing a blank on his name, but 
um, that just got fired. Um, but that guy wins co- coach of the year in part because Vic's defense was amazing. That, you know, that what right. they were in 2000, would that have been 18? I think uh, that, that, that bears defense uh, uh, had like, the, the, the takeaways were off the charts. Oh, they yeah. had like three three years in a row where they were like terrible in takeaways, and Vic came in. And, um, so Vic, you know, Vic is one of those like Wade Phillips and what's um, although Wade had more cracks at uh, being a head coach. I think Wade was actually uh, a, uh, a better head coach than he was given credit for. But um, one of those defensive minds that was uh, you know your memorable defensive coordinators. I think you know, and Vic went to Denver and it just didn't work out because he didn't have a quarterback. Uh, so, you know, maybe Zimmer can relate to that, uh, but that, that was Zimmer's feeling, uh, obviously. Um, but I, you know, I think getting Vic maybe is, uh, is a, might've been a bigger, uh, pelt on the wall than say yeah. Don, Don, Donatel. For sure. But we'll see, you know, if Donatel, you know, getting Zadarius Smith and Daniel, if those two are healthy, you know, Donatel is going to be a lot smarter than if those two, two get get hurt. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of it comes down to the players. Do they have the right players? <clears throat> do they have enough players? And if they do, he'll, he'll look smart. And if they don't, then he'll look like, um, you know, that they may give up 400 points again this year. That, that coach from the bears was there and gone so quick. I can't come up with his name. Either. Uh, it's amazing how, you know, you just names couple of old guys just doing a podcast. Um, well, you know, uh, speaking as we were earlier of Kellen Mond, here's a little bit brighter side of news for Kellen Mond, where uh, uh, Wes Phillips talked, uh, the son of you brought up Wes's dad, Wade, and his uh, grandfather, Bum Phillips, that 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 family tree. This is, That's an actual coaching tree, I'm telling you. You know, you know, from Wade, from Bum to Wade to Wes, but uh, he said uh, he's picking up the offense very well. He's Kellen is very sharp. I don't know if uh, you guys have seen him out there working with Jared Johnson, extra jewelry, blah 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 blah. But uh, he's he's pumping he's pumping up the the Kellen uh, Mond uh, uh, takes and and you know there's still a lot of people who have spent who are. You know, just bitter last year because they didn't get to see him because they were all there was a lot of people that was excited when 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 Zimmer drafted him and we didn't get a really good look at him and now maybe with these with an offensive mind you you intimated this earlier uh, coaching him maybe maybe there's a chance for him to le- learn the game and bring those multi skills because he's he's might not know the game yet but he's he's an he's an athletic quarterback he's young and fast and can get out of the pocket at least he did it at. Uh, Texas A&M is that where he was from if I recall um you know what what do you think what do you think of uh Wes's comments and what do you think of uh the chances for Kellen Mond to to actually maybe becoming what uh they thought he was one more thing I I kept seeing online about Kellen Mond where would he have gone this year in quarterbacks if he had come out in this draft and I just you know to me that seems kind of silly but uh I that's a good question I don't um higher than where he went uh, last year, I would think. <clears throat> but when people would said that they didn't draft a quarterback, you know, I, I listened to what Wes said. I listened to some of what uh, um, Kevin O'Connell said. And I remember saying, you know, if they draft a quarterback in the middle of rounds, that tells you all you need to know about what they feel, how they feel about Kellen Mond. Right. Um, 
It must have hurt. You know, so, so to me, it's like he, he is their rookie quarterback. I mean, it, last year was a wash. Yeah, it was a bad, bad situation. And and frankly, what was he going to do? I mean, he's not a <clears throat> you know people. He's not a um, a guy that comes in like say Justin Fields that comes in and runs around or or he's not that type of player. People might think he's that type of player, but if you look at him, he's not the biggest guy in the world. I don't. I don't. I don't view him that way. As a, as a, as a, you know, like say, you bring him in and you play him, um, like you make up gadget plays for him where Kirk comes out. You know, to me, it's like if he plays, that means something's wrong with Kirk and something's wrong with probably Mannion. Um, he's just a guy that's got to be developed, and he and you know there there could be a situation here in the next couple of years where you need a um, a young quarterback to take over and. You know, I sort of view him as Kevin O'Connell's project and his uh, his rookie quarterback, really, who's got a little bit of NFL experience now, and you work with him going forward. So, um, yeah, I would think that uh, this is a guy that uh, <clears throat> has had a year of, of what it's like to be in the NFL, what it's like to to study in the NFL, and I'm sure that you know Kirk is uh, would be a good guy to learn from in that regard yeah. as far as you know, a work ethic. Uh, on how to, how to learn stuff. Uh, I don't know if you want to pick up all of Kirk's traits uh, when it comes to uh, the tediousness or the all the details that's inside of Kirk's head, uh, but you know I think work ethic would be one thing that Kirk could pass on to him. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you said he he's a rookie. You know, last year's a wash, and he's a rookie this year, and it is. I agree with you, but it can't be a complete wash because we have where he was coming off of college and, and being somewhat touted and being in this nice, good quarterback class. Now he's got a bit of a taint, uh, a taint to him, a, a stain on him. Cause he's had this year where he was in the doghouse. <laughs> so it's not, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's the, it's all about perspective and it has nothing to do with his abilities or, or, or uh, his, his future or, or anything. But it's all in our perception because last year everybody was giddy about it. A lot of people were, and now we're a little bit. Uh, we have to temper that a little bit because he's had this year where he didn't do get a chance to do anything. So yeah, I think I think the preseason will be interesting to see him because I would imagine he'll get some. He'll get a fair amount of play in the preseason. I would think. Um, to me, you know, those games are so hard to watch. It, but but I think watching him just. Uh, Seeing if he's see if there's some improvement from last year, um, because you, know, you look at the Kyle Sloters of the world um, and they find a, a way to be a star in the preseason, and it's like, you know, this is a guy who was drafted pretty high. Um, he should be able to like start showing some signs, even though it's preseason, and you know, do you something to kind of yeah move the needle a little bit. So uh, you know, granted, this is not a year. This is. This is a year where it's all on Kirk, and but you know behind the scenes there's got to be, you know some you know at least this is Plan B, and I might need a Plan C, D, or E depending on what's going on uh, for your next quarterback. But at least this is a guy that you're going okay. If you know we may need this guy in a couple of years. Well, you you said earlier. That you're okay. <laughs> And you say it every week. Oh, if there's a we're in a segment, let's talk about quarterbacks. So we next week we're going to have our our Sean Mannion segment. Tune in for that. Sean, we'll break just, down the pack. Break down the Packers game. The good, 
the, it, wait, wait, the bad, the worst, and the worst. It's just <laughs> funny. I mean, is you know, what an oversight. Overthought, or you know, I mean, you just don't even think about this, dude. You talk about Kellen Mond, you talk about Kirk Cousins at nauseum, and Sean Manning's just there. He's, you know, but going the, every week, you know. So, well, when you get to be like a Sean Mannion, the last thing you want to do, like, like Christian Ponder could probably still be in the league right now if he had just not had to play. You know, if you just <laughs> you, you're, if you're just known as the guy who has experience, you can just stand there with that stoic look on your face. But when you actually have to go out there and play like Christian did on that Thursday night or whatever it was in Green Bay and Sean Manning had to play last year, that starts to, you know, the the armor starts getting a little chipped. Uh, so yeah. uh, you go from being experienced to being, well, uh, we could probably do this with a rookie free agent. It's it's a weird thing, but uh, <laughs> Sean is salved by that paycheck. I don't doubt he's probably being paid pretty well. Yes. West, West Phillips said something else. Kind of interesting, worth talking about anyway. He he was asked to compare Jefferson, Ju- Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup because he worked with one and now he's working with the other. And I just think that's interesting why those questions get asked. But maybe somebody's got a story they're trying to do that. To me, they're not the same player. But uh, uh, Wes, you know, intimated a couple of similarities. He said. Uh, uh, and some guys, yeah, you know, you're always working an edge, just like a pass rusher is always working an edge in the offense flies. And some guys just have a little more natural. I think they're similar in that aspect. And he also said that they both can play all spots. So other than that, I don't see him as the same player. I, I see uh, uh, Cooper as, as a little bit stronger of a player than uh, – Justin, but Justin can fly deeper and he's going to get more deep balls maybe than, than Cooper cup does. But uh, I, I don't know. They're both very good players and going to be great. And, you know, hopefully Phillips knows what to do with that, but uh, you know, any, any thoughts on, on those comments, Mark? Yeah. I mean, they're different players, but I'd say that they're, you know, their hands, their hands are both amazing. Um, yeah. Running. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they're just both really good players. I just see that, uh, you know, Jefferson's probably the longer, you know, longer guy and um, more of the deep threat. I, but I don't know. Every, everyone's different. You know, I remember <clears throat> one time I was talking to Jim Brown, the Jim Brown, when I was covering the Browns. And I was talking you to him. I'm old. Yes. And um, I actually was on a podcast once when someone asked me what it was like to watch uh, – Otto Graham play. Otto Graham retired in 1957. And I was like, I didn't see him. And actually Jim Brown was over in Europe you know, filming the Dirty Dozen and he retired uh, while I was, I was like six months old. So uh, I never didn't get to see Jim play. But my point being is, you know, like talking about like, you know, you get someone like that and you're obviously I, I'm in my 20s or whatever. And I'm, you know, who's the greatest this? Who's the best this? Who's the... Yep. And he just kind of leaned back, you know, looked at me, and I was like, I didn't know whether he was going to answer me or beat me up. And he just said, now, why does it have – why does so-and-so have to be greater than so-and-so? Because whenever you get a phone call and it's from your dad or your mom or your, you know, your sister, blah, 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 whatever, do you know who it is? And yeah, yeah. He goes, well, we all have the unique skills. You know, so you know so someone's voice is different than someone. So no two voices are the same. So no two forms of – Greatness are the same. So to me, it's like, you know, you talk, 
to me, they're, uh, those are two of the top three receivers in the NFL last year. Um, I, you know, I know Jefferson ended up being fourth or whatever it was. He didn't get all pro, but on my all pro ballot, you know, those are two of my, obviously Cooper, uh, when you do you know, the triple crown of receiving like he did, you get, you're the, you're the guy. Uh, but Justin Jefferson to me was a top three receiver um, in the league. So however they do it, however they go about their business, they're two extraordinary players that uh, Wes Phillips and this offensive minded staff has got to get the most out of him. Uh, and that also Adam Thielen plays a big role in that as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I, I actually kind of, uh, bristle a little bit at at that question and it, it, it's it's on us as reporters it's it's not lazy but we're we're looking for a story we're looking for an easy quote to compare this guy to that guy and say is is he this kind of player because then you can attribute all that to him and it it it's easier to write so i think it's a media thing that that constantly wants uh one player great player compared to another you know to to write a story and and fans probably like it too i don't know but it, it's to me, it, well, it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, inform you much. Well, where where you see so, some laziness, and I'm not and no one in particular I'm criticizing, but whenever you like when Thielen, you know Thielen came onto the scene, and Thielen was kind of at first he was kind of made fun of like by and uh, by peers. They went down to Cincinnati, and uh, that's when they had uh, they had Pac Man Jones, and they had some pretty cocky yeah. corners down there. And I remember I did a story on, it, and Thielen was. Uh, he was in line. He was in the receiver line, and he's not. He's not Adam Thielia. He's still this, you know, uh, undrafted guy that's just. Uh, I think he was off the practice squad. He was kind of a special teams player at that point. And Pac-Man Jones and them were like counting the the, the receivers on the other side, and they didn't want to go against Thielen because they're like, ah, it's, he's beneath us. He's beneath us. Now, part of that might have been they didn't want to get shown up by him. But hmm. you know, my point being, when you come to laziness comparisons. I think Thielen went through a, uh, a spell where it was, you know, let's find whatever white receiver right. we can compare him to. Oh, he's either next next West Welker or is he, you know, I mean, Adam's like, you know, 6'2". Adam's not a big guy, but uh, he's Adam is fast. You know, he's got some height. You know, Adam is not your pigeonhole. Uh, Wes Welker, and then uh, there's, you know, there's all that trust of the ball, man. That's like, yeah, the, the thing of like, wow, he would look good in the Patriots offense, stuff like that. It was kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, he's got a little more than uh, just uh, the color of his skin, Joe. So well, maybe, maybe, um, maybe I should back off then because uh, Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup are not don't have the same skin color. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I almost would have you talking about it being kind of lazy and whatever. I, my thing would have been more of like comparing Adam to. That's uh, true. That's that's a good point. Well, okay, I'll, I'll back off and give. Them- you know, everyone has their, you know, you know Adam and, and Justin Jefferson. If you can't get something out of these guys, you know, and and, and the Vikings have gotten stuff out of. Them. I mean, the the top ten. Gary Kubiak was, you know, last year with a, a bad high, a bad promotion, a bad hire. Clint Kubiak, Kubiak, assuming that okay. We just keep, you know, Gary's son. We move everything over, and we're going to do what we did the year before. Not that they didn't have some good, you know, good offensive games last year. It's just, um, you know, they. It wasn't just the same. It wasn't going to be just because Clint, you know, was related to Gary, and we're going to just run, run that uh, 2020 is going to happen in 2021. 
So there's enough talent on the offense. If the offensive line can hold its own and Kirk Cousins can be in that comfort zone we're talking about, then this offense should score points and should move the ball. So throw the ball to Jefferson. So what the heck then is uh, Kevin O'Connell wanting to establish the run like his predecessor, Mike Zimmer, huh? Yeah, I have to laugh at that. There was a quote – I don't know. It, it goes back to even his, his, his introductory. I he kind of jumped out at me. It's like, you know, anytime Zimmer made any kind of thing about like trying to control the game with the run. Now, me obviously, maybe Zimmer took it a little too far sometimes, but you know, it's okay for the new the new age, the thirty six year old offensive Sean McVay uh, apple from the Sean McVay tree to stop me talking about. You know, it's important to run the ball, and there's some people that that follow this game that I'm not saying it should be 19th. It should be the seventies where the running backs are the stars. Uh, but to me, there's still something about uh, running the ball and establishing you know, that you can control a game that you're going to win a lot of games. If you can do that, you have to, you got to keep them off edge. You know, if, if, you know, I, more of that comment was uh, Kevin O'Connell saying the same thing about, you know, you have to be able to yeah. do things and, and and make it tougher on the defense so they don't know what's coming. And it, and it occurred to me, so why don't you just run the same 11 people out there every play and quit substituting all these packages in this? You know, if you want to fool them, have those players do it all. <laughs> I know you can. Yeah, and, and what you're seeing is – and what you're seeing is uh, Kevin O'Connell really likes C.J. Hamm. I mean – um, it's hard for him to disguise how much he likes really what he what he thinks he can do um, to be a little bit because everybody's kind of assuming they're going to play the same way the Rams play. Uh, I think there's going to be some differences, you know, how they play, um, and a lot of it has to do with with what they see in, in CJ Ham. And well, previous regime saw a lot in CJ Ham as well. So uh, it's just I just find it funny that if it's said by one guy it's perceived completely different. It's all, you know, Zimmer is in his running game. You know, it's not 1980, Mike. It's, but if this guy says it's like, Oh yes, uh, he's got, (laughs) he's got a point. Oh, wouldn't that be funny if they just ran the similar offense to Zimmer? Oh my God. Maybe Kirk Cousins head would explode or at least some of the fans. Anyway, well, on that note, we'll, uh, you know, make one more point. I, I, uh, you know, I just saw in the news, that Dustin Johnson, after saying he wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia, is going there to, to get a payday, you know, to make some money in this new thing. So maybe Phil wasn't uh, wasn't so out of line as to uh, what he was talking about earlier. But what I want to know is when am I going to get my payday from you for, you know, pay me my beer for my uh, winning the winning the wow. prediction season last year? Come on, Mark. What's the deal? Well, if you did if you didn't live up at the North Pole or or you got a uh, you got a you got the uh, like Zimmer, like Zimmer has his ranch in Kentucky. You got yours way out there in uh, like yeah. Dakota somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, hard to get to. We'll have to remedy that soon. Anyway, that'll do it this week for uh, Vikings territory breakdown. Thanks for stopping by and checking it out. Thanks to Mark Craig. Thanks to Mike Walden behind the scenes, and uh, we'll be back next year. Next year, hopefully next year, but also next week to. Uh, to uh, break down some more. So thanks again for tuning in. Until we see you again, Joe, skull.